Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in our studio every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And today we are discussing Bible faith in light of the cross. This is our 18th session on this particular subject. And I'll have to say that uh, every session that we've had concerning Bible faith could have been stretched out to several sessions per each session because there's much to learn, there's much to uh, see in the Word of God concerning faith uh, because everything in our lives as a child of God, our, our initial born-again experience, our daily walk, it's all by grace through faith, every single bit of it. And I'm just thrilled to be here today. And again, this is Bible Faith in Light of the Cross, part 18 on this 24th day of September 20 and 21. I hope you'd get your Bibles, uh, pencil and paper, follow along with us, and the Lord will surely bless us today. Last Friday morning, we discussed, uh, and the focus was really on faith being tested Today we are going to look at, and I pray the Lord impart that into our hearts that we desperately need today, which being the truth of His Word. But our focus today is going to be on something the Lord showed me several weeks ago, a phrase called identifiable faith. This faith that we've obtained, Peter said we've obtained this like precious faith, and Paul said to the church in Rome that God has dealt to every man among us Christians the measure of faith. And it, it, it's an identifiable faith. It is, it, is a, it, is, it is what we've been given upon believing the gospel. Uh, and it is what we not only entered the kingdom by grace, saved by grace through faith, uh, and that being all of what Jesus did at Calvary and our simply accepting that and, and we received, we obtained, we were dealt the measure of faith. But you and I also live, not just step into life by faith, but we actually live by faith. The Bible says that we not only live by faith, but that we walk by faith as we go from faith to faith. How do we get from faith to faith? Because that is the experience of living for the Christian, going from faith to faith. That's what the book of Romans chapter 1 verses uh, 16 through 18 reveal to us, that we go from faith to faith. That's how we experience this life we have obtained, this faith that we live by, that we've obtained. Hallelujah. We walk by faith. We go from faith to faith. And faith is a very important topic. The devil knows it. That's why he's taught through his ministers of unrighteousness for uh, the, whole, the entirety of the church age, but strongly more so over the last 100 years 
The enemy has wrote, written more books on faith that are not right, more messages preached, more sermons taught, more classes held on faith that are totally uh, opposite from what Bible faith is. The faith that you and I live by, the Bible tells us, it is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us at Calvary. That's Galatians 5, uh, I'm sorry, Galatians 2 and 20. We live by that faith. We go from that faith to that faith or we're not living. And so uh, that takes place, the Bible says. Now, I, I know there's a lot of uh, those who would like to insert and add and subtract and twist uh, the Word of God, but the Bible says that we go from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. That's what happened initially, and that's what will be happening as faith comes in its righteous context, or we will not be going from faith to faith. We will be going and doing things and saying, this is the result of my faith, and that is huge in the church today. Big movements all over the world today about this and about that, but if the focus is not the sacrificial work of Christ. The focus is really not even Christ. The focus becomes the, the, the blessings that we want. But when we take our focus off of Christ and Him crucified, then we actually turn away from the power that is toward us. We need to remember that. And the power does not just keeping toward us and in us and through us when we turn away from a focus of the cross. Uh, we, and I'm not talking about we have to sit each moment of the day and be thinking about the sacrifice of Christ. But that is where our faith must be located. And what the Holy Spirit then legally can show us in the Word of God because it all comes through the blood of the Lord, then He can guide us into that truth. He can show us what, what, what do we see when we hear truth. If we're hearing truth, the Word of God untainted, Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth, well that's the Holy Spirit, that's what He was sent to do. He that speaks truth, shows forth righteousness. And then, my friend, faith can come and we can go from faith to faith. And you say, well, you don't have to know all this theological. You don't have to know and uh, be able to teach this, what you're saying, Pastor Curtis. And I'll have to agree with you. But you need to. Because if you, if you, if you don't know these things, more than likely... You've been duped already. I speak from experience. You, you don't have to have this all in your mind, but you do have to have your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. You do have to have your word. You, I'm sorry. You do have to have your faith, your trust, your dependence upon God and what He said through the faith that we live by, the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. When we try to carry out the Word of God without having our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, it's not going to work. And, and, and we'll see big moves and big stirrings and big uh, these uh, meetings and conferences and, and all these things everywhere. 
thinking, boy, this is, this is the move of God now. But if the focus is not Christ and Him crucified, if that's not where we're looking, then let me say this today. I've already been there and done that and got the t-shirt and it wore out fast. I'm not going backwards. If you're moving forward with the Lord, you are becoming more determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. You, you're not going to go around focusing on all the benefits and all the other things. They will come into play as we remain faithful to be students of the Word. The Spirit of truth can teach us what's written. Amen. And then that's what He does as the Spirit of truth. And then as he's able to persuade us, and we'll look at that word today, as he's able to persuade us to follow his guiding us into more truth, all truth, then he's able to, as the spirit of grace, that power that we need. He is the spirit of grace. He is the spirit of truth that attempts to teach us truth, show us truth so that we can see the path of righteousness He's attempting to guide us on, for only on that path can the fruit be that of righteousness. And then He's able to write those truths in our minds and as the Spirit of grace guide us in that path of what He's showing us in the Word. That doesn't happen without faith in the sacrifice, for only through the sacrifice does grace come. Not just 20 years ago, 40, 50 years ago when I got saved, but if I'm going to go from faith to faith, it's got to be by grace, which only flows today into my heart, through my life, with fruit, when I'm trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. So don't be caught up in all the, all the things that, that many people have left places whose focus is the sacrifice of Christ to go into, uh, oh, oh, but what God is doing. Let me tell you what God is doing. God is bringing His people back to a place where sin no longer dominates them. Their focus is not the blessings, but the blesser. Their focus is not the results, but that which brings results. Hallelujah. That's why we're forbidden by God to boast in anything other than that through which all things come to us, that being Christ and Him crucified. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 9 this morning, as we are going to be looking at the focus of an identifiable faith. Faith is identifiable. And, and, and when it's functioning, others recognize that. We know others by their fruit. When we're walking in the faith, going from faith to faith, and only those who are experienced this, going from faith to faith, can recognize those who are not recognizing they don't have this identifiable faith. We're not here to condemn. We, God forbid we condemn. Paul wasn't condemning the man in Romans 14 when he says he's weak in the faith because he's only eating herbs, but I guarantee it Paul wanted to help that dear brother. 
He wouldn't condemn him, but he wrote that in Romans 14 and, and, and hopefully the guy would read that or hear that somehow and be blessed and, and, and mature and grow and grow out of that mindset of thinking that only eating herbs, which is a law, and the Bible says the law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is, what's that? Sin. That's right. That's right. We still have big issues with sin because when we're trusting with something else, that's law. Something, any other thing other than the cross, that's law. And the law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is sin. Boy, see how simple that is. But we just have to be Bible believers. Matthew chapter 9, let's look at this this morning. An identifiable faith. And he entered into a ship, speaking of Jesus, and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed, and Jesus seeing their faith. Get that now. There it is right there in your Bible. Jesus saw their faith. He saw it. Jesus sees when there's faith. If you would take time to read the letters that Jesus wrote to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, you'll see where Jesus saw faith and where Jesus couldn't find faith. You'll see that. Now know this, Jesus doesn't throw us out when he can't find faith, but he does write a letter to us. Hallelujah. <laughs> he does reach for us and try to get us back in the faith. That's what he's been doing to the church the last 24, 25 years with the focus turning back to the message of the cross, the pure untainted gospel, the good news. Hallelujah. The good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel is what God did in Christ at Calvary. Everything else is the results, the blessings that flow from the focus of God. He is ever mindful of His covenant. You want to walk with God in agreement with God? Then you've got to have your mind on what His mind is on. And He says He's ever mindful of His covenant. Hallelujah! That's what God has got His mind on right now. His covenant and all those that He's brought into His covenant, all those that feel him that he shows his covenant as what the Bible says in Psalms 25 14 that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him he shows them his covenant that's where his mind is all his delight is in his saints. That's what uh, Psalms chapter 16, one of the first few verses there, if you're not following me on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page, please follow me on those two pages every morning between 7 and 7.30. We're, we're writing verse by verse in the book of Psalms and the other page of Peter. 
and 1 Peter. So as we go through the Psalms, you're going to see some profound things as the Lord has brought us back to the seeing place, the hearing place, the, the focus of the great sacrificial work of God in Christ Jesus, the center point of all His dealings with humanity and what He did from before the foundation of the world, what was manifest on a hill called Calvary for you and me so that we might gaze upon all what He did there so that we might have all the benefits thereof. But Jesus sees their faith. He sees faith. He, he recognizes faith. He has to find faith, as I've already illustrated, before He can function as grace. Because grace is not mystical and magical and sprinkled on a few. And No, grace is what takes place when our Lord finds faith. We need to just stop on that for a minute. Grace is not mystical and magical. Grace doesn't take place because I go do something. Grace takes place because I believe something. That one thing, that one place through which grace comes, Hebrews 2 and 9, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. It comes through no other avenue, not initially for salvation and not daily for the experience of that salvation. It happens not. Grace does not function because grace is the spirit of grace, the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. That's who, that's what grace is. It's what God does in our lives. He saved me by grace. He teaches me by grace, I labor by grace, I look for Him by grace. Everything in our Christian lives is by grace through faith. So when we begin to understand and learn more about the cross of Christ for our lack of knowledge and lack of focus on that brings a lack of knowledge in the Word of God and we will starve to death for that which is right and, and, and the less we know about what really took place at Calvary the less we will ever be able to walk in the light of God's Word. We'll have to declare it and proclaim it and, and, and try to get God to move and that's not the way He works and that's not the way Christianity functions. All of Christianity begins and is experienced and will come to an end in this age by grace through faith. Going from faith to faith as the righteousness of God's word is revealed to us in the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus sees their faith. And again, you and I can recognize true faith if we know true faith. I said we can recognize. How else are we going to come together and be found growing in the unity of the faith of the Son of God? We're not going to experience that in this life. We'll have our own little groups over here and, and the devil's been good at what he does that's so bad and all the denominational differences and all the garbage and all the mess that's out there and, and, and because we're not striving together for the faith of the gospel, which is the faith of the Son of God who 
loved us and gave himself for us and our focus really hasn't been the sacrificial work of Christ. It's been all the little tiddlywink things that we disagree on. And, 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 and I know that uh, uh, that is an issue, but if we'd get back to striving together for the faith of the gospel, then we'd begin to see the Word of God in the light of the gospel the good news of the one who declared himself to be the light and as we look at where God turned the light on. You need to understand that. All throughout the old covenant, the light of heaven shined on Christ and his redemptive work on a hill called Calvary. That's why behind the cross is all those types and shadows in the old covenant. And all those old covenant saints, they marched by faith to the cross where Christ manifest himself, bear that cross for all of humanity. And when he did that on a hill called Calvary, what had been type in shadow now, the light shined on all of that and all of that now becoming light for us. And we no longer walk in type and shadow. We walk in the light as he is in the light and as he is the light. And the cross of Christ is the only thing that turns the light on to every jot and tittle in the word of God. The blood of Jesus is the only object of faith that God has offered all of humanity to have light to walk in according to His Word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Jesus recognized the faith of these men who brought this man on a stretcher, crippled of the palsy, to Him. Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, calls him Son, Hallelujah. Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. <laughs> and they had a problem with that as all religious people do have a problem with any good thing God's doing. But I wanted to, I'm not getting into this whole story, but I wanted to give you that scripture. You can take it and run with it in your own Bible time, your own study time. But Jesus sees our faith. Jesus sees when we're not functioning by faith and that grieves our Lord. See, the message of the cross coming back into the church at a level it has not been in the entirety of the church. I want you to hear that again. We're living in the last times in which the Lord told Daniel and he wrote it in Daniel 12, I believe, that the knowledge, knowledge would increase in these last days. Now, I know computers, I know technology, I know you can buy a watch and reach the world and do almost anything on the watch, your office, your recording, your everything on your watch. But that's not what God had in mind in these last days, the knowledge of his son would be increasing because he said in these last days he would pour out of his spirit and that our sons and daughters would prophesy. And the spirit of prophecy 
Romans, I'm sorry, Revelation 19.10, the, 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 the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. <laughs> and, and when the message of the cross began to filter its way into the church through a ministry that has a, a platform to be able God provided to reach the world. Brother Swaggart in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. People may not like him, may not like whatever. Who cares about who we like or don't like? It's not about that. It's about God's focus and what his mind is on. He's ever, forever mindful of his covenant. We need to understand that today. The message of the cross has rushed back into the church and I know it's been under attack and I know that even many who've preached it uh, and, and caught on fire and, and, and carried the torch, the, the, even now they're allowing that torch to go out. But God forbid we let the fire that He kindled in our heart through this faith in the sacrifice of Christ go out. We must carry this torch. We must carry this blood-stained banner to the finish line. We must finish our course. We must not for the, uh, say, for, because of loneliness. We, we must not for the lack of money. We, we must not because nobody wants to listen to us. Let this banner go out. Paul told Timothy when he wrote to him, Timothy, you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me. If we we have to forfeit all that the buildings. If we have to get rid of all the, uh, if, if we have to settle with not near enough money, we've still got the message that brings the riches of heaven to every heart that will believe it. Glory to God. We don't have to have all the buildings. We don't have to have all the money. We don't have to have all the people, but we do have to have this message of power. We do have to have the message of the cross. If we begin to uh, forsake it and let it go, not even knowing we are, uh, for just because it's a lonely road, just because it's not the prosperous, worldly, financial road, just because it's not a message that puts us and gives us the popularity, oh my friend... Oh, we have the riches of heaven. We've got the riches of God's mercy and God's grace. We've got the riches of Him being our portion. Do you understand that when God took His people into the promised land, He told the Levites, I'm not giving you any land. I am your portion. Oh, glory to God. And, and the, 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 the tribe of Levi, the, the, the Levitical priesthood, they, they represented us as the eternal priesthood of believers today that we are through our great and eternal high priest and the offering of himself at Calvary. He is my riches. He is my treasure. He is my exceedingly great reward. He is my portion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is my riches. Jesus is my treasure, hallelujah. And we're learning that and can only learn that through what He did that caused God to see where all of His treasure was poured into, where all of His focus and delight was poured into a faithful, humble, and obedient Son of God giving Himself for you and I, hallelujah, to the Lamb. 
Let's not let the fire go out. Listen, it doesn't matter who else does. We must not. It doesn't matter if even those, uh, maybe some of those that have spoken into our lives uh, and shown us great things. It doesn't matter who does. We must keep the torch. We must finish the course. We must keep this identifiable faith In the Lord's eyes, it is a faith that is in Christ and who He came to us to be, our Redeemer, our great high priest that offered His own blood. That's where God finds an identifiable faith, an identifiable trust that He can pour all the power of God, riches of God, provision of God into. And oh, it won't look like what the world is looking for. It won't look like what most of the church is after, but it will be what God is looking for, the fruits of His righteousness. Hallelujah. Oh, we just need to get satisfied with the consequences of true biblical faith. I believe I'll be talking about that Sunday morning. We need to get satisfied. We need to become content with the consequences that this faith we've obtained has brought us into. Whatever it may be that comes, a lion's den, a stoning, uh, people leaving our lives uh, uh, like Paul being shipwrecked or having times of prosperity or times of not even enough to eat. We need, if, if it's what our faith, this biblical faith has brought us to, we need to be satisfied because God has found an identifiable faith. He's looking for a faith He can identify with, my friend. And when He does, oh, He begins to guide us now as the Spirit of grace. And He pours that grace into our lives by by giving us more of the provision of Calvary. Hallelujah for there is where it all comes from. Boy, I get excited when I'm talking about my treasure, my Jesus, and what He did for me at Calvary and the power that's there. And that, that, listen, that identifiable faith is identified by others. If the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all all the ungodliness and unrighteousness among those who hold the truth in its unrighteous status, then there must be somebody somewhere that can recognize that wrath, that resistance, that that God resisting the proud, and that is those who hold His words of truth in an unrighteous manner, Romans 1.18. There must be a people somewhere who acknowledge, who recognize that wrath, that resistance of God. And if we'll read the book of Galatians, we can become that people. If we learn what true biblical faith is, then we will be able to recognize, have that greater level of discernment that Hebrews 5 talks about between good and evil that we need as a maturing godly people. Not the discernment between good and evil that the world has or even that a babe in Christ has, but as those who are maturing have. Then we'll be able to recognize true biblical faith. We will see, even among others, the fruit of an identifiable faith. Hallelujah. It is the faith of the Son of God And it's found among those who are striving together for 
the faith of the gospel. That's Philippians 1, 27. And we need to remember these things. We need to take these things to heart and, and, and allow, listen, we, we need to allow the Spirit of God to guide us into all truth. There's a big movement now. Uh, the younger generation wants their own thing. They, they want to all dress the way the world dresses and be popular among the way the world dresses. And, 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 and they want to do away. I'm talking about the church young people. They want to do away with all the, the, the hymns. They want to do away with... With, with all the things that our forefathers, those who's walked among us in this identifiable faith, they want to do away with it. They want a name of their own. It's a, it's a spirit of Bible movement. They, they want their own thing. They, they, they don't want to hear about the cross all the time. They, they don't want to hear. That's old religion. It's a big movement and they're jumping and shouting and exciting and calling it the joy of the Lord, calling it praises unto God. But remember this before we move on. There's only one offering place. There's only one altar of offering. We can't offer our God worship, praise, tithes and offerings, prayer and fasting. We can't offer Him anything except through faith in that one place He offered to us the opportunity. The sacrifice of His Son is our opportunity to worship God in spirit and truth, to pray to Him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To, 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 to offer Him that holy tithe through that faith that's a holy faith in that one holy Son that He gave. There's only one offering place there. Hallelujah. And it's the cross of Christ. Let's move on this morning. Now let's go to... Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Oh my goodness, we all know this verse. Hallelujah. We all know this verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let me say this. As we study the Word of God now, as the Lord has brought us back to the hearing and receiving place, you need to read Revelation chapter 3, concerning the church in Sardis that Jesus said, oh, they had a name and a look about them, that they were alive, but they were dead. And he tells them to repent and get back to the place where they could hear and receive. Obviously, Jesus sees he's not found the faith that's, that he's looking for. And he's found them in a place where Oh, they're hearing. Oh, they're receiving. But it's not of Him. It's not of Him. But yet they've got a name and an appearance as though they are very alive. But He sees them as dead. Why? The Lord will only call His own people who are alive in Christ, yet not living, not living in Christ as dead, if there's an issue with their faith because we, as those who have been born again, those who are alive in Christ can only live by faith as we go from faith to faith. And that only happens as we continue to have the hearing of faith. Now you need to also read the letter to the Galatians, especially in chapters 1 and and three, the whole book, especially five, chapter five. But in chapter three of the book of Galatians, the Lord through the apostle Paul tells them they've been bewitched. 
Who's bewitched you that you are no longer obeying the truth? Now they were hearing and they were receiving, but again, this church, just like the church in Sardis, they weren't hearing from the Lord. They were no longer functioning in the hearing of faith. The hearing, mm, this is going to be good. The hearing of faith always results in the obedience to the truth. And this doesn't speak of you going and doing what the Word says. This speaks of the hearing of faith allowing you to remain obedient in the eyes of God. Because the hearing of faith is what made you obedient to begin with. There in Galatians chapter 3, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, Did you receive the Spirit of God? By works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Have you forgotten how you received the Spirit of God? Have you forgotten how miracles began to be worked among you? It was by the hearing of faith. Do you think now that you can continue on in your walk and, 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 and mature yourselves, perfect yourselves by works of the law? The Lord says not going to happen. It's got to be the hearing of faith. And that must be the hearing of the faith of the Son of God. That must be the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. That's in the context of the work of Christ at Calvary because that is the righteous work God has honored. That is the righteous... If, if our works, which are all in Christ, Ephesians 2.10 are not the result of our faith anchored in that righteous work, then we've been bewitched. Now let me say this. Many, many, many don't know this. Many don't have never thought this, and we need to hear this. The object of our faith is not in any of the benefits of Calvary. We can have... We can trust God and call on our faithful God for a spouse, a job, a better job, a healing, deliverance. Those are all things we're trusting God for. But there's only one place God has given us to put our faith in, and that's in Christ. For the truth is in Christ, and the truth is what reveals righteousness to us. Remember Proverbs 12 and 17. Forget those. Let, let those go on their own way, calling it God's way. It seems right to them, but it'll end in death as I've been there and done that. It always will. But you and I must continue to look to the one who is the truth and what he did at Calvary to become that applicable truth of all of God's word to us at the cross so that we can continue to walk in a place where we are experiencing the hearing of faith. Let me say it again, because the hearing of faith is the only avenue of obeying the truth. It's the only avenue. Faith in the cross is how they began. That, Romans 6, verse 17 and 18 tells us, is what made us obedient. When we believed the gospel, but the Bible there calls it when you obeyed that form of doctrine which was delivered you, then being made free from sin, you became instantly servants 
unto righteousness. All because the hearing of faith came. That faith that comes when you look to Calvary. Looking at God's Word and expecting faith to come from God's Word without looking through faith in Christ and Him crucified is a hearing you're, you're going to be troubled by. It's the hearing of the letter of the law. But the spirit of the letter comes through the hearing of the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Never, I can't move on from this. I need to, I think, but I've got to say this again. All the, every time we experience the hearing of faith, the result is obedience to the truth. Not when we read something and tr go try to do it. You and I for too long as a church have just went and picked out Bible verses that we wanted God to do something. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace was sent to us that we might be led into all truth and He knows what truth it is I need to be led into. We're all different. And we all have different circumstances. We all have different things resisting us. And He alone knows the truth that I need to experience today, today, to be able to experience the liberty, the deliverance, the freedom, the, the grace that I need functioning in my life today for maturity, for growth, for deliverance, for everything. Because everything, again, let me say it, is by grace. That means what the Spirit of grace, what God is going to be able to do in us and through us, through faith. Faith is vital, my friend. And Bible faith is not what we've heard taught for the last hundred years. Bible faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Hebrews 11, 1, I want to make sure we get this brought out today. It's so wonderful. Now, I want you to get ready for this. The Lord is going to either remind you of some things you already know, or He's going to impart to you the newness of things you may never have thought or, or realized before. He's going to do that today. You need to always remember when Paul's writing to the church in Rome, they're already saved, they're already spirit-filled. And in Romans chapter 1, you'll find something profound. that he, he says he can't wait to get there and preach the gospel to them. They're already saved. They're already filled with the Holy Ghost. And he still can't wait to get there and preach the gospel that he tells him in his letter, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He's saying this to an already say, this younger generation needs to hear this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not getting hooked up over here with a bunch of... If the focus is not the cross. Well, you don't have to say the cross all the time. I, I get that. But is there a problem with it? Do you have a problem with someone who talks about the cross all the time? If you do, my friend, you're stumbling. You're stumbling. 
Jesus is a stone of stumbling to those who are stumbling at the word, those who are yet to deny themselves of all the other and take up their cross so they'll quit stumbling over it. If we're stumbling with the cross, we're, we're, that's because we're stumbling with the word. See, every, every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. From faith to faith. So the faith that comes by hearing for me and you daily is because we're seeing in God's Word His righteousness being revealed in the gospel. Paul said, I can't wait to get to the church there in Rome. I can't wait to get there and impart uh, the spiritual gift to you that which may be lacking. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When I get there, I'm going to preach the gospel because whatever's lacking, that's how God, that's how God's going to impart. That's the avenue through which He's going to impart it. If He's going to impart something into your life, my friend, He's going to do it through the revealing of His Word in the gospel context. That means what He did at Calvary. Oh man, I feel that this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let's try to dig back in here to Hebrews chapter 11. We're, we're trying to get there. The Bible says now faith is... Let's just stick with that for a minute. Now faith is. And, and this word now... You need to know something about that word now. It's a, it's a conjunction. It's a, it means also, it means but, it means moreover now. It means how be it. It's a present participle. It's a, it's a particle rather. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, let's just look at it and I'll get it just right so you can write it down. It's a primary particle it says. It's a conjunction. You know what that means? That means it's tied to something that was just stated. Let's go back and look at that. Aren't you excited? Let's go back and look at the last verse in Hebrews chapter 10. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. And that word perdition means destruction. That means, that means we come into this way of the cross... We're not going to draw back unto a place of destruction because without a focus of Calvary, there's nothing but the destruction of the world that only the cross can separate us from. That's why Paul finally reached that place of God's determination. God's predetermined. He predetermined, hallelujah. And Paul finally reached that place through much misery and much uh, acknowledgement that things aren't going the way they should and things aren't working the way they should. And Paul said in Galatia, Galatians 6.14, God forbid that I boast in anything other than the cross of Christ, Christ and Him crucified, through which I'm separated, I'm crucified to the world and the world to me. That means the, the, everything the world will do to you, it's going to do to you if you don't cling to that old rugged cross and preach that old rugged cross and teach that old rugged cross every through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's a conjunction. This word, now faith is. How be it, faith is, nevertheless, faith is, watch this now, but faith is, and he says that because of the last verse in chapter 10, watch, 
But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, destruction, but we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're going to finish this course. We're going to run this race that was set before us when we trusted in the cross of Christ, the good news, the gospel. God set a race before us. He didn't set a race before us. He didn't show us a race. He didn't, he, he didn't give us this race to run until we trusted in the one who already ran the race and won the race, our forerunner. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's called that at the end of chapter 6 in Hebrews. He's the the one who's given his life for us, entered into the veil of heaven for us. He's called the forerunner. And we're going to keep running this race. Hallelujah. I know you don't listen to me because I can sing. I know you don't follow me because I have some worldwide whatever. You listening to me because God is drawing you back to the truth of Christ and Him crucified. The hearing and receiving place. Hallelujah to the Lamb. There's nothing wrong with being able able to sing. There's gift. There's nothing wrong with having a name that God has, has made a household name. But those people with those gifts, they better be pointing people to Calvary or they're pointing people to a way that can only find destruction. Watch, let me read it again now and we'll walk our way right into this. But we are not of the... No, let's go back to verse 38. My goodness, would you look at it. Hebrews 10 and 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. That's not talking about getting saved exclusively. That, that's talking about living day by day, going from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Hallelujah. That's a confirmation that faith can't come from hearing God's word unless we're hearing it in its righteous context. That means as it applies to in the context of the living word of God and what he did as the living word of God being tried at Calvary's cross. There, faith comes from there. That's the faith we live by. That's the faith we go from faith to faith in. We need to remember that. Watch this now. Hebrews 10, 38. Now, and there, there's that word again, that conjunction that means also, but moreover, now, Howbeit the just shall live by faith. But it, and there's a colon there. And let me, let me just say something to those who've never watched our broadcast before through the years. God has shown us the simplest things that He's put in His Word, such as colons. When you see a colon in God's Word, what you see on the second side of that colon is going to give you much insight specific insight on what you see on the former side of that colon. Watch this. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, this is contrary to living by faith. You can't draw back, my friend. That means you, you can't let this 
faith go. You've got to keep this faith you received anchored in the very object which allowed God to give you this measure of faith. He says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him, but we are not of them. Come on, somebody. If the Lord's been able to bring you back to Calvary and to focus on Calvary and, 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 and just this narrow place of understanding Bible faith in light of the cross, to, to cling to the cross and to never let it go, to see everything we're seeing in light of the cross. To, if God's brought you back to that place, why don't you just say that right now? We are not of them. But we are not of them. We do not condemn them. We do not belittle them. We do not throw them out. We do not uh, bring doubtful disputations in the, in, in the situation. But we do recognize when they turn back. That's not condemnation to recognize when people turn back. They're, they're in church just as much as they've always been. They, 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 they're, they're going through the motions uh, just as they've always been, but now they've turned back because they're not living by this faith. The faith of the Son of God that loved us. The faith in the cross. And many times they'll say, well, that is where my faith has always been. But that's not the avenue through which their hearing is now coming. That's not the avenue through which their hearing is now coming. Galatians chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3. Therefore, all that can be happening is death. Death. Doesn't mean they've lost their soul. Paul said when he turned back to the commandment, he died. Thank God he cried out as a wretched man wanting more than forgiveness. He wanted deliverance from this way. And something in Paul was telling him there had to be something that could save this wretched man that he was. And the Lord revealed the message of the cross, the deliverance of the cross of Jesus Christ to him. And thank God for that. Watch this now. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, unto death, unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Watch now. Here it comes, this conjunction. Also, but moreover now, how be it, faith is the substance. And you know what the word substance means? Realization. Faith is our realization. Faith is our substance. Not what happens on the other side. Not what faith does. Faith is our substance. Faith, this measure we've been given, the measure, the portion measured out of the faith of the Son of God that Paul said, we live by that faith, so that's where this measure came from. It is our substance. It's our substance. It's, our, it's what makes Jesus real to us. It's our faith is... This faith, now faith is the reality, the realization 
of things hoped for. It is the evidence, watch this word, it is the proof, the conviction, and the persuasion. My faith. Without something having to happen out here, my faith that I have is my proof. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We, we like to say that, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll believe I have faith if, if I see this or that. No, praise God for the breakthroughs. Praise God for the growth. Praise God for the deliverances in us daily being conformed into the image of His Son. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 28 and 29. But also the focus on what that conforming process is really all about. Philippians 3.10 We're being made conformable to the image of His death. That's what this life, we're going through this life being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. That's the image. If you're not looking at the cross properly, you're not going to have the proper image of it and you're not going to understand or experience as you could and should be the being conformed into the image of the Son of God, which for us in this journey is being made conformable unto His death. See, that's new right there for most people. It's been written all these centuries in the Word of God, but for us to be mindful of the same thing, to be able to be of the same spirit, the same mind, and to be able to be speaking the same thing as we're commanded to do as the body of believers, we're going to have to have those specific details given to us. If we don't, we'll just think that we're being conformed into the image of the Son of God and we'll have all these different avenues of thought that our minds run to and we won't be speaking the same thing. But when we see that it's being made conformable unto His death, now we have this one place, this one object of focus, that it's the cross of Christ. It's it's what God really did in Christ there on the cross. It's what, listen, it's, it's not sitting and imagining a bloody corpse, the bloody corpse of Christ on the cross, which was beyond what we can fathom, but it's what God was doing in Christ on the cross that day. It's what happened there that mightiest move of God that will ever take place among men took place that day. That's the focus. If that's not the focus, everything else is out of focus. I want you to understand that. That's the image that we have to recognize. That's why Paul would say many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. What actually... was taking place there. It was more than just you getting saved and going to heaven one day, my friend. Everything flows out of that sacrificial work there through that humble and obedient and faithful, perfect life of Christ being offered on our behalf there. Are you okay today? Are you good? We got two minutes. We got to get through this Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is... Listen, the reality, the substance. The substance is your faith. The substance is not what your faith gets you. Your substance is your faith. You need to get that. That's why we need to learn and become content 
and satisfied with whatever the consequences that this reality we already have called faith brings into our lives, whether it's a lion's den being stoned or whatever it is. Now, faith is the substance. It's the reality of things hoped for. It's the evidence. It's the proof. It's the conviction. It's the persuasion of things not seen. This is how God persuades you It teaches you about Him that you've never seen. How you love and rejoice over one that you've never seen. Because this faith is your reality of God and in God. It's your substance. It's it's your evidence. Your your faith is your proof. Your, your, Your faith is that conviction, that persuasion. Glory to God. Well, we might have to take off right here next week. I... I hope that the Lord has been able to impart into you something from His Scriptures today. The truth. I hope that you've been encouraged. Many running around today talking, uh, the the, the younger generation for the most part, talking about they just need encouragement. If you can't get it through a focus of the cross, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. If you've got to be in that crowd, that crowd, if you've got to be doing what they're doing, if you can't get the encouragement and the satisfaction in your Lord you're looking for among those who are focused in the sacrifice of Christ and not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed to talk about the cross of Christ all the time, the great redemptive work, the great uh, pure and perfect blood that was shed there, my friend, you are not going to get it in those other places. It's not going to happen. When we run from a focus of Calvary, we run from the things we're really after and we're fighting against, resisting, grieving the very God who wants us to have what His Son died to be able to give us and to load us with those benefits every day. I praise God for those of you who are following our ministry that are praying for us and I would ask you to pray for us daily. I would ask you to ask God if He would desire that you Support this ministry financially. We don't need money, but you need to support where the focus is the gospel and where the Lord is pouring into your life. I say, when I say we don't need money, we need money to do what God's called us to do. Let me say it the right way. We're not hurting for money. We're not lacking for... But, but, but see... That's not why we give anyway. If, you, if folks give because uh, there seems to be, well, this poor little old ministry over here, and I better give to them. And, oh, I see they're hurt. I, no, we give because God stirs our heart to give to the storehouse where there's meat. And the meat is the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Share these messages. Help us publish the Word of God. And if He does stir your heart to give, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. There's a donate button. You can also text your giving on your smartphone by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Hope to see you next Friday, same time, same place, 9 a.m. Central Time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.